Amen, amen. You may be seated. Amen. There you go. Yeah, amen. Well, I have a confession to make out of the gate. Uh, my wife got on to me last week. Is it okay that I say that, that she got on to me last week? Because usually, how do I start every message? How do I start every message? Good morning. And then you all respond, good morning. And then I say, you can do better than that. And you do great. And she's like, stop that. So I'm not going to do that this morning, all right? So just assume I've already started with the second version. So we're going to try it the first time right. You ready? Here we go. Good morning. Oh, that's so beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. So when I was preparing this message a few weeks back, I was reading some stories online about stories of just rescue. Just, you know, what are some different stories about rescue that might be relevant for us today? And I came across a story about these two guys. They were college guys, and they went on spring break trip to Panama City together. And when they got to Panama City, if you've ever been to Panama City Beach, Florida, I mean, it's a different, it's, it's not like the Atlantic Ocean by any means. And the beach there is not as pretty as what is here, if you've ever been there. And a lot of things that I've noticed about Panama City, because I've done a lot of camps there, they have a lot of sandbars out in the ocean. I mean, like you can go 20 feet and you find a sandbar. You can go 100 yards and they're like these massive sandbars. Well, these guys went out there to this beach and they decided they were going to go out there. One guy said, you know, I'm just going to kind of stay close to the shore. The other guy said, I'm going to go out as far as I can to find a sandbar. But he couldn't swim. So he's like, I'm only going to go so far. Now, if you the reason I like the story is because I can't swim either, so I can resonate with this. And so this guy walked out there about waist deep, and then he took a few more steps. He found the sandbar. And if you know what a sandbar is, you can be this deep in water and get on a sandbar, and it'd be like ankle high. You know what I'm talking about? One of those kind of sandbars. So this guy walked all the way out there, got on the sandbar, and they're throwing the Frisbee back and forth. He and his friend that's closer to the shore, and they're throwing it back and forth, back and forth. And then the friend decides to go chase this Frisbee down, and he runs and runs and runs, and he steps off the sandbar and goes over his head in water. I mean, if you know what I'm talking about, a sandbar, you step off, you could be in deep trouble really quick. That's what happened. So the friend by the shore yells to the, to the lifeguard and says, my friend can't swim. He needs your help. So the lifeguard jumps off the lifeguard stand. He runs out to the ocean and he gets about 10 yards in the ocean and then he stops. And he's watching his friend on the other side of the sandbar throwing his arms up and down because he can't swim. And the guy's yelling at him, go help my friend. And he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And he's just walking slowly, but he's not going with any sense of urgency. And the friend's yelling at him going, please go rescue my friend. He can't swim. And the lifeguard goes, just wait a minute, wait a minute, trust me. And all of a sudden, the guy on the other side of the sandbar stops moving. He just kind of just kind of goes limp. And the, rescue, the, the lifeguard at that point immediately took off, swam out there, grabbed the guy, brought him back to shore, did the CPR, all that, and the guy was fine. And so after everything was good at that point, everybody's alive now, the friend asked the lifeguard, why did you wait so long to go after my friend? I told you he couldn't swim. He said, you don't understand. He said, if I'd have gone out there with him throwing his arms around, trying to save himself, he would have killed both of us. But I had to wait until he was at the end of himself before I could really go rescue him. And I thought, that's our story, Right? See, most of us, if we thought about it, life throws us a lot of burdens. Life throws us a lot of things that weigh us down. And here's what most of us do. We do the same thing the guy that stepped off the sandbar did. We try to self-help. We try to save ourselves. We try to rescue ourselves. And we're just flopping around like a fish out of water, thinking we can do everything we can. But is it possible that once we get to the end of ourselves and get desperate before God, God does his greatest work in our lives? Is it possible it takes us becoming at the, to the end of ourselves before God really steps in and rescues us. And I would tell you as a 45-year-old man that in my life, I would say that that is true. It's when I've stopped trying to fix it myself and started trusting God 
that I experienced God's rescue in my life more than any other time. And you probably know that story too. Now, the reason that is so important for us today, because today we're going to look at a story in Matthew's gospel. Today, Jesus is going to offer an invitation. And he offers an invitation to his followers. It's an invitation to rescue them from the burdens that weigh us down. Now, here's why this is important. Because many of you here today have burdens that are weighing you down. And wouldn't you like to be rescued from those burdens that are weighing you down? Amen? Amen. And Jesus offers an invitation. And the same invitation he offers these followers is the same invitation he's offering us. Matthew chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, verse 28 is where we're going to begin. And once again, because it's a short passage, I'm going to ask you to stand with me in honor of reading God's word. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30 says this. Jesus is speaking. He says this. Come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, read it with me, is easy, and my burden is what? Light. Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. May you open this truth up to us. May it wreck us today as we think about the invitation that you offer and I pray that we'd receive it today with open hearts and open ears. Lord, bless this, and may you bless the reading of your word. In your name we pray. Amen. You may have a seat. Now, th this is a twofold invitation. And I want us to kind of talk about it. the first. The first part of the invitation is one word, and here it is. Come. Jesus just said that. You can find this word come all throughout Jesus' ministry. All the time he's talking about it, and he says the word come. Come. Follow me. And he'll, the word come is an invitation. It's I want you to do something you're not currently doing. Now, I want us to kind of dissect what he says here because he says, come to me. Now, that phrase, come to me, has some really big implications to it. Now, and I want you to think about it in a very general sense. When he says, come to me, number one, it implies you're doing something else. You're out there doing life your way. And I want you to stop it. And I want you to come to me. Make sense? And the other implication is this, is that when he says, come to me, he's implying you're not here with me. You're somewhere else. It implies that distance is there. So you're doing something else, but you're far from me, and I want you to stop what you're doing, and I want you to come be close to me. Not only stop what you're doing, but I want you to get in proximity to me. Now, maybe the best way I can illustrate that is when I was a kid, uh, my dad liked to watch television, and we had one of those those floor TVs. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The floor TVs that weigh like a, a million pounds and they had like the, uh, the tube in the middle. It had the knobs turner. Do you remember that? Anybody remember that? You know what I'm talking about? There's a generation going, you didn't have, no, no, no. That was before remote control. That was before you could say, Alexis, turn my TV on. And this was before all that stuff, right? And so my dad would, I would move downstairs with my brother in the basement. We're playing pool or ping pong or doing stuff we shouldn't be doing. And then I would hear my dad yell. He'd say, boys. And since I was the youngest, my brother would say, that's you, Doug. And so I'd say, yes, Dad. And he always says, come here, right? How many parents have called your kids that way? Come here, right? I did it for David yesterday just to see if it would work. I said, he said, come here. And so I'd go upstairs, and my dad's laying on the couch, and here's what my dad wanted. Hey, would you change the channel for me? <laughs> now, he said, come here because I was doing something else somewhere else, right? And he said, come here because I wasn't there. It wasn't like I was sitting in the chair beside him. I was in a different part of the house, and he needed me to get close to him to be able to do what was important for him. Are you with me on that? Now, listen to me. Some of us in the room today are following Jesus, and we're saying we're following Jesus. We're trying to follow Jesus, 
and we aren't close to him. We're doing life our way. We're doing it on our own timetable. We're doing our own agenda. And we, if we were really honest, we are not in close proximity with the Lord today. But I'm just telling you, if we want to be rescued, if we want to be rescued from the burdens that weigh us down, we've got to hear the invitation to come. We've got to hear the invitation to come to him. See, rescue requires us first coming. Why? Because we're probably doing something else. Why? Because we're not in proximity to him. And we need to come. Now, before I go any further, I want you just to think about your own life and evaluate yourself. You feel like you're walking closely with the Lord. And if not, this invitation is definitely for you. Now, he says, come all. Now, I love that because we talk about words all the time, and you know this from me. Words matter, don't they? Words always matter. And so when Jesus says, come all, he's saying that there's nobody excluded from this invitation. This is not a private club. This is an invitation that anybody is welcome to receive this invitation. He says, come to me all who, meaning Jesus is about to give a criteria that this invitation goes out to. So everybody who fits the criteria that I'm about to give, I'm inviting you to stop what you're doing and come to me. I'm inviting you to move from where you're at in life and get close to me. I'm inviting you to come to me all who, and then he gives the criteria, here he goes, who are labor or weary and are heaven laden. The invitation is for those who are weary and those that are heavy laden to come to him, to stop what they're doing and come to him, to put down all the stuff they think is important and come to him, to make their proximity closer to the Lord. Now, the words heavy laden and weary, the word labor here is used, but it's really the word weary. Weary and heavy laden. If we were to talk about that, you would say probably that really those are the same words. They kind of mean the same thing. And in part, you're correct. They both imply burdens that we carry. Some of us carry burdens that make us wearisome, and some of us carry burdens that are heavy laden. But both burdens are different kinds of burdens. The word weary here, the word labor here, literally translates and implies an internal exhaustion that occurs within us. So the word labor or weary means to be internally exhausted. It means the burdens that we carry in our heart and in our souls that weigh us down, which begs this question, what are those kind of burdens? What are the kind of burdens that we internalize, that we impose on ourselves, that we carry as we go through life that weigh us down? Well, let me give you just a few of them. Maybe one of those is the sin that we're battling. Maybe there's a sin in our life and we just can't get victory over it. Listen, do you think battling sin is a burden that we all carry? Do you think it's a burden we all carry? Amen? It is. Everyone, and some of us, and let's take it a step further, some of us have maybe have some secret sin in our life. That we, are, that, we are, that we are taking that burden on and we're wrestling with it. And listen, here's what I know about sin in my life. It wears me out. My flesh and my spirit are at war against each other. And I'm trying to, I, and let's be honest, come on. Don't we want the blessings of God, but sometimes we wrestle with wanting to live in the world? We want the things of the world? And there's a battle going on between our flesh and our spirit, and we're battling the sin. And listen, some of you find yourself spiritually today, you are plumb tuckered out. You are wore out spiritually. You are exhausted because you're trying to battle the sin, and you won't give it to God. You won't let go of it. You're just kind of hanging on. That's one of those kind of burdens that we impose on ourselves. Sin that we won't let go of. Maybe for some of you, it's an addiction. But it's sin that we're not going to let go of. And so it weighs us down. 
Another one is this. Maybe the thing that we carry around with us that we've imposed on ourselves is we're searching for truth. We're searching for wisdom, but we're doing it through a human context. You know, I've always been intrigued with people, especially when I was in student ministry. I was always intrigued with students that would go to non-believing friends and ask for godly wisdom. Now, that's exactly what I would always say. What? Right? Because it's like, at any level, does that make sense? No. And I've even had adults come to me and go, you know, I want what God wants me to do, and I, I'm struggling with my family. And then we go to even counselors that have no biblical or no Christian overtone to them, and we think we're going to get godly wisdom. And see, some of us are trying and we're searching for wisdom and we're searching for truth, but we're doing it by the world's standards instead of coming to the one who has all the answers. And listen, that's a burden we carry. Can I tell you one more burden that we carry that's internally exhausting? It's just the burdens that life throws at us. Right? A rebellious child. A disease. Finances. Some of us just have some burdens, and we internalize, and we carry those burdens. Now, some of you are like, man, this is so not encouraging today. Well, we're going to get there eventually, but right now, what I want you to know is that some of you are exhausted, and you didn't even know you were exhausted. You are spiritually tapped out. You are weary because there's some internal exhaustions happening because maybe sin that you won't deal with. Maybe it's you're searching with, with world standards instead of God's standards. Or maybe you're sitting there and you are just, life has just knocked you down and you have internalized it and you are wore out. That's what it means to be labored and weary. If you're with me on that, say, I got it. That's big. Second phrase he uses, heavy laden. Now, this is different. This is also about burdens, but this is not a burden you impose on yourself that you carry. This is burdens that others put on you. So some of you are wore out because of stuff that you're doing in your own life. But some of you are wore out because of the things that other people put on you. Now, what does that mean in context? Well, who's Jesus talking to? He's talking about the things that people put on his followers. You know what that was? That was legalism. And the Jewish system of the day, legalism was the outward burden that everybody carried. And it said this, if you want to be righteous before God, you must do. That was religion. That was legalism. And all these people who are following Jesus, who are bought into Jesus, maybe they weren't internally struggling. Maybe they weren't weary, but they were heavy laden. They were living under the pretense of a society that was burdening them down, saying, if you really want to be right before God, you must do. It was a works righteousness mentality. Now, I know that you know and that we know that we are saved by grace through faith, not by works so that no man may boast. Amen? I know you know it, I know that, but can you know I'll tell you this? Some of us are working so hard to be right before God, aren't we? Somewhere deep within our flesh, we think, if I can do more, if I can give more, if I can be more, then somehow I'll be right before God. Listen, if you're right before God, you're already who he wants you to be. If you have a personal relationship with Christ, you are redeemed, you are forgiven, you are adopted, you are a child of the Most High God. You are. You don't have to work to be, you already are. And some of us still battle this work salvation mentality, and we have these external exhaustion that's happening. Now listen, the invitation Jesus offers, offers to those who are weary, internal exhaustion, who are heavy laden, external exhaustion. He offers this invitation to people who are at the end of themselves. He offers it to people who are desperate for something they can't provide on them by themselves. And here's the promise. Let me go back to verse 28. This is the promise. 
He says this, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you what? I will give you what? Rest. Okay, so we had a group of about 35 on Friday night and 75 yesterday that came to work at Cross Life Loves, and I can see those people that are in the room today, your plum just tuckered out, amen? You're wore out. And what you went home yesterday about 1 o'clock and said that you wanted more than anything else probably was a nap because you said you needed what? Rest. Can I say that maybe the greatest need of all of us in the room today is rest spiritually? See, here's the promise Jesus makes. All you who are weary... Internally, you're carrying all these burdens. All of you who are heavy laden, who are buying into the external demands of the world that you must be in order to, you must do in order to be. The, the, all, that, all those who are at the end of yourselves, I'm inviting you to come to me. And if you come to me, here's the promise. I will, not I might, I hope to, but I will give you what? Rest. Now, if you were to look at the word rest in the Greek, the way it would be defined is twofold. On one hand, rest means to cease from doing something. And on the other hand, it means to experience something. Okay? So, for example, we understand that. Like, if you go home and rest today, that means you're going to lay in your bed and you're going to cease to do anything. But at the same time, you're experiencing kind of this, this, this rest for your body, right? And the same thing's true spiritually. If we're going to find rest in Christ, that means we're going to cease all this self-help notion, this self-effort to somehow make ourselves right or to do, fix our issues. And what we're going to experience, listen, what we're going to experience is the peace of God in our life. See, here's what I think most of us mess up on. And you might want to write this down. This, this is a truth that I think is powerful. It's this. Most of us think that rest is the absence of noise. But I would submit this to you, that rest is not the absence of noise. It is the presence of peace. That's rest. That's biblical, godly rest. It, listen, is the world ever going to shut up and shut down? No. But can you understand and experience the peace of God in your heart? You better believe it. And he says this, all of you that are weary and heavy laden, if you will come to me, if you will stop what you're doing and come to me, if you'll make my priority the priority of your life, and if you will just come to me, here's my promise to you, I will give you rest. I will help you stop trying to fix your own life, and I will give you my peace in your heart and in your life. Some of you, we need the peace of God today. We're wrestling. Now, why is this so important? Because some of you are heavy laden today. Some of you let the outside world beat you down. Some of you are weary today. You've got all these internal things that are exhausting you. And if we truly want to find rescue, if we truly want to find the rest he offers, it begins by saying yes to the invitation to come. Now, the second part of the invitation is this. He says, no, I come, but he says, take and learn. Look with me in verse 29. Jesus said this, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in spirit, and you will find rest for yourselves. He says this, take my yoke. So the first part of taking, he says, take my yoke. Now, you probably know what a yoke is, and we've seen one. Maybe I should have had one here today. But a yoke is a, is a wood structure that has like two humps in it that's designed to fit over the shoulders of animals. And we could talk a lot about the yoke, but let me tell you two things the yoke were notorious for. Number one, a yoke. And typically what they would do is they would put an older, wiser, some animal that this ox is maybe knows what they're doing with a young and immature and ignorant one. And they put them together and the young one would learn from the older one. That's how they would typically do this. So it was all about partnership. But you know what else it was about? It was also about 
Control. It was always about control. See, the partnership was, let me teach you how to plow. Let me teach you how to pull a cart. But at the same token, the yoke was about the ox being under the control of who? The master, right? The master is still in control of where the ox that are yoked go, right? Are you with me on that? So it's about partnership, but it's also about control. The same thing's true with us. When Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, what is he saying? He's saying, listen, it's all about a partnership with me. We're partnering together to do the work that he is concerned about. We're to do it about his work. And when we partner with him, we're saying, Lord, I want to walk in step with you. Where you go, I want to go. I want to be in step with you. But it's also, listen, taking his yoke is not only about partnership, but it's also about control. It's about us yielding the control of our life and voluntarily saying, Lord, you're in control. And I want to move in your direction. And I want to move at your pace. And Lord, when I don't understand and I can't figure things out, I trust you. So Jesus says, listen, take my yoke. Not the world's yoke. The yoke of oppression. Take my yoke. Partner with me. Let me guide and direct and control your life. And then he says, learn from me. Now, the thing that we ought to remember is this, is that part of walking with Jesus is learning from Jesus. Now, we can talk about examples all day long in the Bible, but let's just be honest. Who's the best role model for everybody on the planet ever? Come on, who was? That was not a trick question, I promise. Who, who is the best role model for anybody on the planet? It's Jesus. And isn't it natural to say that if we're following him, if we're saying we love him, that as a disciple of Jesus, that we should be learners of Jesus? Right? Listen, if you, and I get this question from time to time, but here's the thing. If you want to know what, what, what really breaks the heart of God, if you want to know what God wants for you, if you want to know what gives God joy and what God desires, and you want to know the will of God, listen, it is in here. And we need to be learners. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus and you're not reading this book, this love letter that he's given us, you're not learning. You're wearing a label but you're not learning. And he says, listen, not only do I want you to take my yoke, not only do I want you to partner with me, not only do I want you to let me control your life, but I want you to learn from me. I want to show you what it means to love people. I want to show you what it means to care for those that have been ostracized and marginalized. I want you to learn from me. The question is this, are we really learning from the Lord? Do we spend time in this every day and learn what God has for us? Now, I love this. Jesus tells us what kind of teacher he is. Look what he says in verse 29. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, which means gentle and humble. Jesus tells us what kind of teacher he is. He said, I'm a gentle teacher and I'm a humble teacher. Now, why would that be important for these guys? Because that was the total opposite of the Jewish teachers of the day. It was all about harshness. It was all about arrogance. I mean, if you don't believe me, just read the stories in Matthew, Mark, and Luke where the Pharisees would stand up. And they, there was one story Jesus told where the Pharisees stood up and he began to pray. And he held the, his cloak and he said this, God, I thank you I'm not like that tax collector. You think that's arrogance? I mean, what would it be like if Jason Belcher came up and said, Lord, I thank you for the blessing in my life. And I thank you I'm not like all those pitiful, sinful people sitting out there today. Would that be arrogance? You better believe it. And Jesus says, listen, what you've been used to is arrogance. What you've been used to is harsh. But what I'm offering you is to learn from me. And I'm not harsh. And I'm not arrogant. I'm gentle. And I'm humble. And I want to show you the right way to live your life. 
And then here's the promise. For I am gentle and lowly at heart, and you will find rest. And then he adds this for your what? See, the first time was I'm going to give you rest, meaning you're going to, you're going to cease to do this, and I'm going to offer you my peace. But now he says, I'm going to give you rest for your souls. Well, this is a similar kind of rest, but it's more than. It's not just peace for our souls, or just peace for our, our life. It is confidence in our position with Christ and confidence in the promises of Christ. Now, here's what I mean. When I look in my life, times in my life, when I have not been faithful to take the Lord's yoke upon, when I've not been faithful to partner with the Lord, when I've not been faithful to let him control my life, when I've not been faithful to read this book and learn from him, you know what creeps into my life when I've not been faithful to do these things like taking up my yoke and learning from him? That's when doubt creeps in, right? When I'm not faithful to take his yoke and to learn from him, that's when doubt creeps up because now I'm not reading the word, I'm not spending time with but, listen to me, listen to me, this is huge today, but... The times in my life when I have said, yes, Lord, I'm going to take your yoke upon me. Yes, Lord, I want to partner with you. I want to be about your work. I want to walk in step with you, Lord. Yes, Lord, I want you to control my life. Yes, Lord, I want you to dictate and guide my direction in life. Yes, Lord, I want to learn from you. I want to spend, because the more I spend in here, the more I want to spend time in here. Yes, Lord, I'm going to take your yoke. Yes, Lord, I'm going to learn from you. You know what happens to my life? No longer does doubt creep in, but confidence creeps in. And not confidence in me, but confidence in my position with Christ and confidence in the promises of God. Meaning this, that when I'm doing what he's told me to do, I'm confident that even though I'm wretched and I'm pitiful and I'm sinful at times, that I'm still forgiven, that I'm still redeemed, that I'm still adopted, that I'm still loved, that I'm still accepted, and that I'm still the child of the Most High God. That brings confidence to my life, and it also brings confidence that he will do all these promised he will do. You know why? Because he's never failed anyone in this book. So why would he start with me? Right? Now go back. He says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke partner with me. Let me control you and learn from me. Listen, learn what it means to love and to live the way I want you to. And because I'm a good teacher, I'm gentle and I'm humble. And here's what you're going to find. Listen, rest for yourselves. You're not just going to find peace. You're going to find confidence in who you are. Can I tell you one of the greatest struggles most Christians that I have conversations with is this. It's their identity in Christ. Why do we wrestle with that? Ladies, I mean, young ladies and ladies, why do we wrestle with that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Why do we wrestle with that? Because somewhere along the line, we wrestle with these things is because we've not yoked to God. We've not yoked and we've not let him have control or we're not learning from scripture. Because when I'm learning and I'm letting him rule in my life, confidence settles in. Confidence that this word is true and that I am who he says I am. I am loved. I am forgiven. And I am redeemed. Confidence. But it also gives me confidence in who he is, that he will do all that he's promised he will do. Then Jesus ends the section with this, and I love this. Just to set the record straight, here's what Jesus says. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, the yoke of the Pharisees was legalism. They try to beat them down with that. But Jesus says my yoke is easy, meaning it's not about keeping the law. It's about faith and repentance. It's about loving God and what? Loving people. That's what it's about. 
It's not about keeping the law. It's not about, about doing so you can be. It's about who you already are. So, so my yoke is easy because it's not about keeping the law. It's about faith and repentance. It's about loving God and loving people. And he says, my burden is light. In other words, what I put on you is not oppression. What I want to put on you, listen, write this down. What I want to put on you is this, rest. Rest. Rest that brings peace. And rest that brings confidence. Now here's why this message is so important for all of us here today. Because some of us are weary today. We've got sin that's raging in our lives and we've not dealt with it and we are battling it and it's wearing us out. Some of us have, we're searching maybe for the truth and we're searching with what the world wants to offer and we are just plumb more out. Maybe life has beat us down and you are weary today. Some of us, maybe you're heavy laden. Maybe you're living under this pretense that you've got to do in order to be. And you're fighting that mindset of religion. Listen, what we need more than anything else is rest. On the count of three, I want everybody to say it with me. One, two, three. Rest. That's what we need. The only way to find the peace he offers and the only way to experience the confidence he's offering is by accepting the invitation to come. Come to me, then take up my yoke, then learn from me. And here's what you're going to get. Rest. See, I don't know, but maybe some of you here today and you're not a follower of Christ, you've never trusted Christ. Let me just say this to you. Here's what I know about you. You're searching to fill the void in your life. There, you know there's a void. You know it is. And you're searching pathways to fill that void. Today, I just want to challenge you with this. Stop searching. There's only one person that can fill the void. And what I would ask you to do is say, yes, Lord, I want to be your partner today. I want to join with you. I want to be about your work and I want to experience forgiveness for my sins. And I want you to give me rest. Rest that gives me the confidence that when I die, I know where I'm going. And if you've never trusted Christ, say, listen, it's as simple as this. It's simple as right now. You just pray to the Lord. Say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've rebelled against you. But I ask you to forgive me my sins and come into my life to be my Lord and Savior. And if you'll pray that prayer, the Bible says that if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be what? Saved. So would you make that decision today? I'll be up front, love to talk to you, or you can put it on your card, say, today I gave my life to Christ. But now I want everybody else to look at me. The rest of this invitation is for the believer. The rest of the invitation is for us. And I'm asking you as a follower of Jesus, would you lay some things down today? Would you lay down the burden of sin that's weighing you down? Would you lay down that sense that you've got to work to please God? Would you lay that down? Would you lay down that sense that you, that you, that you just feel like, you know what, I, I, if, I'm, if I'm really going to be all that God wants me to be, if I'm really going to do all that God wants me to do, that I, I don't know how to deal with these burdens, and so I don't know how to deal with the, the struggles I'm going through life. Would you just lay those down at the altar today? And instead, would you take up this? Would you take up and say, Lord, I want a new partnership with you. I want to do life your way. I'm yielding. I want to take your yoke up, and I want you to take control of my life. I want to partner with you, Lord. And would you make a new commitment today? Say, Lord, not only that, but I want to learn from you. And I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, if those of us that are weary and heavy laden, if we will lay those things down and we will take up his yoke and learn from him, guess what the promise is? We can find rest today. Rest that is peace and rest that is confidence in who he says we are. Now I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask everybody to bow your head and close your eyes and stand with me. Everybody stand up if you would, just for a moment. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Nobody looking around. Just every head bowed, every eye closed. 
Because I'm going to ask you a super important question this morning. I don't want anybody looking around. I'm just going to ask you this. Just be super honest. How many of you feel like, you know what? Today I need rest. Would you just put your hand up and put it back down? I'm just going to pray for you. Yeah. Man. Golly. So many of us. Some of us are weary today. Some of us are heavy laden today. And I want to invite you in just a moment to come to this altar and to lay it down. Lay it down before the Lord. But take up a new partnership. Take up a new commitment to learn from him and allow him to give you the rest that you're longing for. And will you have the strength and courage to do that? Father, we love you. And I thank you for today. And I thank you for your word. There's so much meat there. There's so much power there. I can't imagine when Jesus looked at those followers who've been beaten down by the world. He said, listen, just come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden. And what you're going to find when you come is rest. And if we'll take your yoke and if we'll learn from you, we won't just discover peace, but we will discover confidence. Confidence in who we are in you and confidence that you are faithful to the end. And Lord, that is so important for us today because we live in a world that tries to rob us of our joy, tries to rob us of our peace, tries to rob us of our confidence. And Lord, today I pray that we say enough is enough. That today if we're wrestling and we're struggling, we would say I'm not leaving this building till I feel and I experience your peace, your confidence, and your rest in my heart today. God, may we have the courage to come to this altar and get on our face before you who's a holy God and lay some things down. But even more important, as important as laying them down is that we would take some things up today. We would commit to partnering with you. We would commit to learning from you. And Lord, would you do what you promised you would do and give us rest. Rest. Lord, we need you. Would you challenge us? Would you grab us today? And would you give us what we need most today, and that's rest. We love you, Lord. Speak to us only as you can. For it's in your precious son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I just want to say this to you. This altar is open. And I want to challenge you, if you really are burdened, if you're weary and heavy laden, would you just come and lay it down? But as you pray, would you take some things up? And the promise is this, that he will give you rest. And I don't know about you, but here's what I know about God. He's always faithful, amen? amen? Always. He never lets us down. And if you really need what you said a while ago, rest, it can be found today. So this altar is open. You move as he leads you.